the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. All he knows is that his life was a mess, his life was a wreck, he was demon-possessed, and Jesus Christ delivered him and set him free. And he's traveling around the Decapolis with this message. If anybody had a theological question for him, he couldn't answer. If anybody said, well, what about here where it says this in the Bible? And I don't know. All I know is... I was a mess, my life was a wreck, and Jesus Christ delivered me. Is your lack of biblical knowledge keeping you from sharing your faith? Do you think you need to understand the whole of Christian theology before you can tell someone about Jesus? No, you don't. All you need to do is share what Jesus has done for you. Today in his message, Pastor Dan will share about a man who didn't have any answers to theological questions, but he had the story of what Jesus had done for him. The most powerful way to tell someone about Jesus is to tell them how Jesus changed you. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Romans chapter 1 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Romans chapter 1, verse 16 says, Salvation came to the Jews first, and then to the Gentiles. And so Jesus' ministry at this point was to Israel, was to the Jewish people. He's the Messiah of the Jews, and he came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In Matthew chapter 10, when Jesus sent out his 12 disciples, he instructed them, Do not go in the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. By the way, when Jesus says here that he came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel, he he doesn't mean that some are lost and some are not. The phrase indicates the lost sheep who are the house of Israel. In other words, they're all lost sheep. They're all lost sheep. They all need to be saved by Jesus Christ. Just like all of us here today. All of us are lost sheep that need to be saved by Jesus Christ. Isaiah 53, 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. Every one of us has turned to his own way without exception. It's not that some of us here need to be rescued and some of us don't. We all need to be rescued by Jesus Christ. We're all lost. We're all separated from God by our sins. We all need the forgiveness and salvation that Jesus Christ provides through his death on the cross and his resurrection. Jesus said he came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. It wasn't time yet for salvation to come to the Gentiles. And this Canaanite woman is a Gentile. But she doesn't take no for an answer. Verse 25 Then she came and worshipped him. Literally, she fell down at his feet saying, Lord, help me. 
she blows right past the whole theological point he's making. Lord, help me. I would guess that many of you, when you came to faith in Jesus Christ, especially if you came to faith in Jesus Christ as an adult, uh, you maybe didn't understand all of the theology behind salvation. You just knew you needed Jesus to rescue you and to save you. And the theology came later. And for this woman, Lord, I need help. This woman is desperate. She's so desperate, she falls on her face at his feet. That's pretty desperate. And when was the last time you saw an adult fall down at the feet of another adult and beg for help? You know, often the Lord will use our desperation to draw us closer to himself. Again, he knows he's going to deliver her daughter. He's just drawing her deeper here. But he answered, look at verse 26. He answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Now in this metaphor, the children are the Jewish people. And he says, it's not good to take the meal prepared for the children and throw it to the dogs. In this metaphor, the Gentiles are referred to as dogs. Now, if Jesus said this today in 2022, he'd have to issue an apology for calling the Gentiles dogs. And he'd have to promise to reflect and learn from this experience. We should be careful not to project our current culture on the scriptures. The term was not derogatory the way that Jesus used it. Clearly, the Canaanite woman was not offended by his words. She was not triggered by what he said. The term is used in several passages in the New Testament, including the Sermon on the Mount, the greatest sermon ever preached. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 6, Jesus said, Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine. Thus they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 2, Paul says, beware of dogs. In Revelation chapter 22, verses 13 to 15, there Jesus is describing the new Jerusalem, the eternal dwelling place of God's people. And, it's, and he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do his commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. But outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. So the term is not used in a derogatory way in the Bible. It's actually used in a descriptive way. In the Bible, the term dogs in the New Testament, it refers to people who are ruled by their physical appetites like a dog. Like a dog is controlled by its appetites and has no self-control and a dog has no standards. A dog will eat garbage out of a trash can and drink water out of a toilet and eat its own vomit 
And so biblically, a, a dog is someone who is ruled by their appetites, ruled by just their physical drives and satisfying whatever their flesh may desire. And so Gentiles were referred to as dogs because they were governed by their appetites and their flesh. They weren't governed by God. They weren't governed by God's word or God's spirit. And Jesus says here, it wouldn't be right for me to take what was intended for the children of God and give it to people who have no relationship with God at all, who are ruled by their sinful nature and not by God. It wouldn't be right for me to give what is holy to dogs. They won't appreciate it or treat it as holy. And if you think about it, for many of us here, dog is a fitting description of what we were before we were born again. We were ruled by our appetites, our sinful nature. We just lived to satisfy our sinful nature. Like dogs. We lived like dogs. We were nothing but hound dogs, sinning all the time. Our friends even said, hey, what's up, dog? Right? They called us dog. (laughs) Right? And that didn't offend us. Because it was true. I love this woman's answer in verse 27. She said, well, yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. She says to Jesus, I'm not asking you to give me the whole meal. I just want a crumb from your table. I'm not asking you to abandon your mission to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. You can be the Messiah of the Jews. I'm not asking you to change any of that. I'm only asking for a crumb from your table, a scrap. Just have mercy on me and heal my daughter. Uh, Again, the contrast between this woman of Canaan living in Tyre and Sidon and the Jewish people. She's begging for a crumb from the master's table while the Jewish people were given the entire feast and they rejected it. They slid it back across the table and said, no thanks. And here's this woman like a dog at the table. Just give me a crumb. If you own a dog, you know what that's like where your dog just sits there, you know, with these sad eyes, please, anything. And that was this woman. I just want a crumb. You can still be the Messiah. You can still be the shepherd of the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I'm not getting into the theology of it here. I just need a crumb. I'm in a desperate situation here. Then Jesus answered and said to her, Oh woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that Very hour. Now look at verse 29. Then Jesus departed from there. Jesus went all the way to the region of Tyre and Sidon to minister to this one desperate woman. 35 mile journey through the mountains on foot. Just to minister to this one person. And then he leaves. And he begins to head back to the Galilee. Again, through the mountains, 35 miles, on foot. And if I'm one of the disciples, I'm thinking, wait, we're leaving? We walked all this way, and now we're walking back? Jesus, this is the Middle East. It's hot. You know, like, what are you doing? But that's Jesus. Jesus will go out of his way 
to minister to one person in need. Notice in verse 29, it says that he skirted the Sea of Galilee. Mark's gospel tells us he went to the other side of the Galilee to the Decapolis. You remember the Decapolis from chapter 10. The 10 Gentile pagan cities on the other side of the Sea of Galilee, where Jesus healed the demon-possessed man of Gadara. And do you remember after he healed the demon-possessed man of Gadara, he told that man to go home to his friends and tell them about the wonderful things God has done for him and how he had compassion on him. Mark 5.20 says the man departed and began to proclaim in all of the Decapolis the things that Jesus had done for him. And that guy was the only missionary in the Decapolis. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. He's the only believer. He doesn't have a Bible, doesn't have a gospel track, nothing. All he knows is that his life was a mess, his life was a wreck, he was demon-possessed, and Jesus Christ delivered him and set him free. And he's traveling around the Decapolis with this message. If anybody had a theological question for him, he couldn't answer it. If anybody said, well, what about here where it says this in the Bible? And I don't know. All I know is I was a mess. My life was a wreck. And Jesus Christ delivered me. Remember, it says of the demon possessed man that after Jesus delivered him, he was clothed and seated and in his right mind. And that was his testimony. So now Jesus returns to the Decapolis, that same region where he left this man to go tell everybody what God had done for him. Now Jesus returns to that region and look what happens in verse 30. Jesus comes back and then great multitudes came to him, having with them the lame, the blind, the mute, the maimed. The maimed always stands out to me in that list. These are people that have, they're they're disabled by some injury they've received and many others And they laid them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. Verse 31, so the multitude marveled when they saw the mute speaking, the maimed made whole, the lame walking, and the blind seeing. And notice what it says, and they glorified the God of Israel. These are Gentile pagans in the Decapolis. They worship other gods. The God of Israel is not their God, but now they glorify the God of Israel. So that demon-possessed man of Gadara that was delivered must have done a pretty good job of spreading the news about Jesus, just based on the reception he receives when he comes back. So now, verse 32, Jesus called his disciples to himself, and he said, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now continued with me three days and have nothing to eat, and I do not want to send them away hungry lest they faint On the way. Now, this sounds just like the feeding of the 5,000. 
back in chapter 14. And you, you would think after seeing the feeding of the 5,000 in chapter 14, the disciples would say, we have been in this exact situation once before. We know what Jesus will do. Jesus will just do that thing with the bread and the fish and make filet of fish sandwiches for everybody. This is going to be amazing. But look what happens in verse 33. Then the disciples said to him, where could we get enough bread in the wilderness to fill such a great multitude? This is what they said last time. This is impossible. Where could we get enough bread to feed all these people? We can read this and we can say, how could they not see that this is exactly like what happened in chapter 14. You know, there are some commentaries that you'll come across that actually say that this is actually a repeat of what happened in chapter 14, that it's not a different feeding. And the reason those commentaries say that is because they say the exact same thing. How many of you... (laughs) have ever been brought through a trial by the Lord, and then at some point later, you find yourself in a similar trial. And instead of demonstrating great faith, you act like you have no history at all with God. That you've never been here before, and you've never seen God work in your life, and you've never experienced his faithfulness, and you've never experienced his goodness, and you start freaking out. And say, oh, this is terrible. We're not, I, I don't see how this could ever work out. This is going to be the end of us. <laughs> That's why this is here. That's why the Lord has to bring these disciples through the exact same situation, exact same circumstances. Because we're all like that. We're all like that. And so, you're in good company. You're just like the disciples. And the good news is, God is long-suffering with us. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that the Lord doesn't say, we just went through this in chapter 14. How could you already forget? Or with you when something happens, aren't you glad the Lord doesn't say, don't you remember last year? Or don't you remember three years ago when this happened? And how I got you through that storm? This is the same thing. He's long-suffering with us. He's patient. He knows our frame, that we are but dust. That we're just dirt. So his disciples said, where where can we get enough bread in this wilderness? We're out here in the middle of nowhere. Fill such a great multitude. And Jesus said, again, it's exactly the same. Well, how many loaves do you have? And the light bulb is still not going off for them. And this time they have more bread than they did last time. So we have seven loaves and a few little fish. So he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground. Again, we see that Jesus does everything decently and in order. It's not chaotic. 
And he took the seven loaves and the fish and he gave thanks and he broke them and gave them to his disciples. And then the disciples gave them to the multitudes. This is how ministry works. We see that Jesus always does things decently and in order. And we see that the disciples just distribute to others what they have received from Jesus. That's what we do. You just share with others what Jesus has given to you. You're just a delivery person. Just delivering to you what Jesus has delivered to me. So they all ate and they were filled. Again, this word means glutted. They're stuffed. And they took up seven, notice, large baskets full of the fragments that were left. Now, those who ate were 4,000 men besides women and children. So maybe 10,000, 15,000 people if you include women and children. Now, in the feeding of the 5,000 back in chapter 14, there were 12 small baskets left over. I mentioned then the, the 12 small baskets uh, represent the 12 tribes of Israel. Here with this feeding, there are seven large baskets left over. If you're taking notes, a couple verses you can jot down. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 1 and Acts chapter 13 verse 19. There were seven Gentile nations living in the land of Canaan. Seven Gentile nations living in the land of Canaan. Deuteronomy 7.1 says, When the Lord your God brings you into the land which you go to possess and has cast out many nations before you, the Hittites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Parasites and the Hivites and the Jebusites and the Mosquito Bites, seven nations greater and mightier than you. Again, Matthew's written to a Jewish audience. And this number seven here, he, he's in a Gentile region. He just went to Tyre and Sidon and ministered to a Canaanite woman. Now he's over in the Decapolis, the Gentile side of the Sea of Galilee, where the Gentiles live. And he has seven large baskets left over. When he was on the other side of the Sea of Galilee, where he fed uh, the 5,000, there's 12 smaller baskets left over. Jesus is the bread of life for the Jews. Jesus is the bread of life for the Gentiles. Jesus is the bread of life for everyone. No matter who you are. Jesus is the only one who can satisfy you. Everything else in this world will leave you empty, will leave you wanting, will leave you hungering for more. Jesus can only satisfy. And so he sent them away, verse 39, and they got into a boat and he came to the region of Magdala. He crosses back over to the Jewish side. Magdala is near the city of Capernaum. And Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that you came to save Jews and Gentiles. You came to be the savior of all. We thank you, Jesus, that you're the bread of life for everyone. Lord, we thank you that you have compassion on those who are desperate. And Lord, I pray for anybody here today. They're in a desperate situation and they need your mercy. Lord, would you show them mercy today? We pray that you would minister to those who have needs today. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring strength.
been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Currently, Pastor Dan is teaching through the book of Matthew, chapter by chapter and verse by verse. This is a book that may cause you to be curious about the history before and also what comes after. If you're wondering about something you heard today, would you give us a call? Our number is 410-491-4592. We'd be happy to talk with you about anything you heard today or to hear about how these messages are impacting your life. We'd also love to know about any prayer requests you might have. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. Would you be willing to pray for the ministry of Ring of Truth? So many listeners may be hearing life-giving scripture they might not hear elsewhere. What an opportunity to reach people who are lost and without hope in the world. We'd be grateful for your prayers as the word is going out through these messages. If you'd like some specifics, we'd ask that you pray that lives would be changed and that God's kingdom would have more and more souls join Him because of the truth of His Word. Thanks so much for listening today and for praying. If you'd like to hear more messages like this one, we encourage you to go to calvaryec.com. Next time, Pastor Dan will continue on in the book of Matthew, right here on Ring of Truth. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.